0: Welcome to the Agile News. We are the hosts. I'm Shwee.
1: And this is Ravi here.
0: And we are conversing on everything that holds relevance for with
1: Agile. Okay. All right. Um, Shwee, what are we talking about today in this episode?
0: Okay. Um, so a colleague of mine came up with a challenge. So mm-hmm. she was a business analyst in her team. And mm-hmm. uh, the product owner for her Scrum team has resigned. And she had to take over. And now she is the new product owner. But the mm-hmm. challenge here is uh, the backlog that was that came on to her, right? Mm-hmm. Is messy. It's a mess. It has over 2000 uh, items in it. 2000 users or, you know, NFRs that the product owner had created hoping to get there someday. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know what to do with it. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so so, so, she wanted some suggestion or inputs on how can you clean or how can you keep your backlog in a state that is manageable, you know? Because you do if when you do not give sufficient attention to a product backlog, it gets really messy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, with your experience, Ravi, do you, is there any um, tip for my friend?
1: Okay. It's not only my experience. I'm going to even lean on your experience. I'll share mine. I'll share
0: mine, but I'm just posing this question to you.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. So not only for your friend, but in general, product owners, when they um, uh, want to maintain the backlog, which means they are not only going to add, they're also going to delete items, meaning they remove the unwanted. When when you say maintaining the backlog effectively, they they should constantly even look out for opportunities to remove. So on, on that note, Um, I just want to check. This is an open question that I'm asking for all the product owners or practitioners on the ground who are listening to this podcast, right? So when was the last time you guys um, got into the product backlog with an intention to delete, with an intention to remove? Like, um, there are only two occasions, according to me, uh, where uh, product owners would log in uh, into their lifecycle management tool and and serve the product backlog one or they get into the product backlog to add something new there are only two things Mm -hmm. they do they they search for some information or they come and Mm -hmm. add add information they never have an intention of opening a product backlog to see what we can delete Mm -hmm. I I I know it's not a very conventional or a very routine thing they can do like every alternate day let's open and delete something no I that that looks very mm-hmm. insane but but at least they need to have some rhythm or a cadence in opening the backlog once once in a while to to intentionally deliberately do this like search and figure out or look out for items by some some category or some criteria or some uh, logic they have to to eliminate or remove the unwanted so the the first tip i have is do check when was the last time you you approached or you access to your product backlog with an intention to tell it. If it is not, it's high end that you create that habit.
0: Yes, so I have seen I have seen uh, product backlogs where you know if you open a feature, let's say you see all the items in it are done, but the feature is still open. So no one actually bothered to close it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a mistake that we see many product owners making, right? The mm-hmm. backlog is too exhaustive. I mean, imagine, uh, you know, playing you know, playing the role of a product owner for a team and you get the backlog handed to you and it has 2000 items. Just imagine it's, it's a shock, right? Yeah. It's unmaintainable. It is impossible to manage. It is impossible to create transparency. Nobody will understand where you're heading, right? Mm-hmm. Typically, mm-hmm. Uh, let's say if you have uh, 100 to 150 items on your plate, right, you can still uh, figure out where you're headed, you know, looking at the, the items that are present, you know, you can probably visualize your uh, back- backlog, but mm. 2000 items, it's it's a mess, right? So I think uh, 100 items is still manageable. So what product owners can also do is set a limit for themselves, right? I will not go beyond this. And if I see items more than this, then yes, I am proactively going to delete items that have not been touched since the last five to six months, right? Um, All your uh, tools to manage the product backlog, backlog, right? Uh, Jira or Rally or whatever it is you use has a feature to query items by the date created, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it makes your life really easy. If you use these features to figure out the items in the backlog that have not been touched in over three to six months, then, does it really make sense to keep it? Right? Mm -hmm. Another Mm -hmm. thing that you can do is uh, to bring in more clarity into your backlog ordering is Mm -hmm. grouping items as per um, similar themes, right? Mm -hmm. So that helps you understand uh, the flow as well, right? Mm -hmm. I think that that is one tip that I would also recommend. So, and also delete items like you mentioned. Delete items that you will never get to. Right. Mm -hmm. Keep keep off items that you are not uh, that that's not ready for the backlog yet. Right. Mm -hmm. If you have something in your mind or you know that 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 you are going to start working on, let's say nine months from now, there is no need to add detailed stories for it. Starting, you know, today, mm-hmm. it does it does not make sense because, you know, you realize your uh, product backlog is constantly evolving, right? Mm. So uh, whenever you get to that stage, add an item for that work, then do not uh, spend your time and effort in adding something and make it, making it like a dumping ground for the things that you will eventually work on. Mm. So, yeah.
1: Um, what else? I think what you you mentioned is really valid, right? Uh, Having some uh, threshold and then checking uh, whether by our activity of continuously adding items, are we breaching the threshold? That's a very powerful constraint. They can act with that constraint and see how are we behaving? How are we changing our habits of adding items? Because what if your departure rate, meaning the throughput, is far lesser than the arrival rate, Mm -hmm. meaning the entry of items? So one fine morning, you'll know that too many items are added. And by adding more items, the the fundamental tenet of pillar of transparency is is at stake. Because now your backlog doesn't help you understand the progress made at the product level. By just looking at 2,000 items, you don't know where you are. And because it's Mm -hmm. too many items and ordering them, uh, trying to uh, bring granularity to the topmost value items. Now, what is topmost? Out of two thousand, it's it's very difficult, and then and then using them uh, as a as a a starter for conversation and refinement, and then kickstarting a sprint, having objectives, adapting to the backlog in your in your sprint reviews. I think every every pillar of this empiricism is is at stake for a simple reason: your backlog is is way beyond your own control. So having a threshold value, like how you said, I'm just expanding on it, which is very powerful. And mm-hmm. one thing which you said, grouping by theme, or, or even you can think in terms of uh, aligning your product backlog items by a customer journey, or a value stream to see Correct. what really fits in and what falls apart. Anything that is not relevant, uh, please try to remove it. And don't, don't try to uh, create another category and then maintain it or move it to some other tracker, maintain it, but feel, feel free to remove it because any any point in time you can add it. And, mm-hmm. and one more one more thing, mm-hmm. which you you were mentioning, right? Um, like like when when you when you talk in terms of items coming into uh, into the product backlog, and then uh, sitting for very long, and where you like how you said even after even after a timeline, uh, you see the items are deemed done. It's not it's not accepted or moved on. I I, I wish um, we can think in terms of how does your workflow uh, on on in on on the tool. Is similar to the workflow in reality if your workflow in reality and the workflow in the tool whatever you maintain is is all the most similar mm-hmm. then i think the work the items which is flow flowing through the workflow will will make sense what if you have something called done accepted everything but here soon after done you forget it in reality right then the tool is not mimicking what you do or you are not mimicking uh, trying to mimic what you do and then in the tool tool per se. I hope you get it right. It, it has to mirror it. What you do should be mirrored in the tool because it all starts from you and then you land up with the tool. So here is also a catch that if you don't maintain the workflow in the tool, something similar to what you do on the ground, then naturally these items will mm-hmm. fall between the cracks, staying there for very long. So that's something is also possible. And uh, yeah. the, the way I see it, uh, most of the product owners somewhere think that it's it's only their responsibility to remove. I, I agree mm-hmm. pro- probably by, by the uh, restrictions in the tool. There are a few organizations when I work with, they they had the privilege of removing items only kept with the product owner, which is okay. But mm-hmm. that that is an act in the tool. But a conversation can involve everyone, right? So a product owner Correct. thinking that he or she has to do everything Absolutely. with himself is, is altogether delaying this process of removing an item right? Exactly. So, because you don't involve everyone. So it's not a speedy recovery of item from the backlog from wherever it is. Like how your friend mm-hmm. was asking a tip and what if your friend doesn't want to involve anybody in the team and she wants to he or she wants to do it all by herself or himself. In this process, it's going to take a lot of time because this is not the only thing uh, she or he does every day, right? Getting up in the morning, Okay, right. let's say I had my breakfast all set, let's get onto the backlog and keep cleaning. <laughs> have, you have a lot of connects with stakeholders. You interact with a lot of Um, business folks within the organization outside of the organization so on top of it you come and maintain the backlog Uh, I think the right thing is to be answerable accountable on the backlog but responsibility can be shared I think like one more thing which you said I really liked it if something comes up only nine months from now don't do add it don't go and add it now is a very powerful tip for a simple reason when you immediately go and add it to the backlog you kind of creating an impression in the mind of the stakeholders that 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 the request which they have spoken and you converted Mm -hmm. that into a PBI in the product backlog is one way or other is going to get done. So by by you having a right amount of conversations and and explaining or negotiating with them on what is relevant and what is not relevant and using that powerful two-letter word called no and then refraining from adding to the backlog is one way of preventing this mess even, Mm -hmm. even to occur in the first place. But you adding everything, right? You're creating an impression that one one day or another, it's going to come live. But that that day never comes. So it's sitting in the backlog, like on stale item for a very long time. And more it sits, it's going to hinder the way you order the backlog. So that's also a challenge.
0: Yeah. And I think to add to that, right, Mm -hmm. it's very essential you frequently gather feedback. I mean, continuously leverage your stakeholders, your customers and supporting teams, right? Mm -hmm. About... um, Mm -hmm. Uh, have discussions about uh how the uh, like a recent r- release or any update that may affect uh, the product right mm-hmm. analyze your feedback so it's mm-hmm. your job as a product owner to manage perspectives and incorporate feedbacks into the uh, product journey right so mm-hmm. i think frequent feedbacks can also help you in updating your product backlog or ordering it as to what they actually need you know it uh, spearhead, you kind of will have to spearhead the discussion and feedback engines, you know, to keep uh, Mm -hmm. a very scalable uh, feedback coming in more, Mm -hmm. you know, something Mm like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I think frequently collaborating with your stakeholders and gathering their feedback Mm -hmm. will also help you order the backlog, which is very essential, right? Uh, Grooming your backlog or refining it with the team is done for a reason so that you uh, know what is Uh, the most valuable thing to work on at the moment, right? Mm, So mm. uh, incorporating your stakeholders feedback in incorporating your developers feedback, right, Mm. will help you order the backlog accordingly. So Mm. uh, depending on their feedback, I think you can uh, position items in the product backlog. Um, Mm. You can factor, uh, you know, you I think we also did a podcast on this earlier on how to order the backlog, right? Mm, You mm, can mm. order it based on value or how much learning uh, the team will uh, get by working on a particular feature or what is the risk if we address a particular feature now? Mm. What is the financial impact, right? Mm, So mm. I think these are uh, things that you can factor in when you're ordering your backlog. Mm, mm,
1: I think we'll say yeah, we have to we have to help the listeners by giving a reference to that episode in the show notes so they they don't search backwards in the entire list they can refer it. yeah I think well said prioritization is always like you do a local cleanup you just read the first two items remove one first three items remove one but that's a tip of the iceberg. there is an entire iceberg now submerged in the water so by ordering every time to take the complete lot uh, number one you'll experience a pain if you if you have too many items it's like you vacating a house for painting and you think of a mm-hmm. brand new house for painting how easy the uh, how easy uh, these activities are the latter is much easier painting an empty house is much easier than painting a house which is currently in use because you have mm-hmm. to vacate room over room and i went through this recently like in, in th- this pandemic uh, we painted the house and think of its last time we painted was in Um, let's say uh, 2008 or 9 so 10 years later with all the scribblings piling up on every wall from my from little one we felt it's high time we cleaned this mess and we 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 went for painting Mm -hmm. financially it was it wasn't it wasn't tricky but uh, putting the human effort to vacate one room over another because when you vacate one room and then move to another room the other room can't Mm -hmm. hold on to all the stuff so it was like too many items and you won't believe it when we brought this items back, half the house was emptied deliberately. Now we will figured out, we have <laughs> we're keeping so many things unintentionally, like one day you might use, one day we might use, but the, ne- exactly. the day never comes. The same for product owner also. When, when the product owner starts to order the backlog, he has to do the heavy lifting of looking at the entire back- backlog. Now, what if the entire backlog scrolls for like 15, 20 pages? Then he realizes, oh my God, mm-hmm. this has gone above everything let me let me immediately stop adding any further and clean this up and on that note I think one most powerful tip is try to if you are scrum masters listening to this or coaches listening to this uh, educate your product owners to have some cadence of cleaning like at least have a monthly half an hour time block for himself or herself to just check open the backlog with an intent of cleaning so if there is a cadence if there is a rhythm of having this activity performed then it naturally falls into place and they get into their muscle memory and they become become habitual but when you start telling this to your product owners they will do it immediately once and then they'll forget it so bringing up a cadence to do this like a rhythm once in three weeks or once a month half an hour where if they are a little reluctant or hesitant um if they are a little reluctant or 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 hesitant they can also uh, say um be paired up with you scrum master can pair up with a, um with the with the product owner or a coach can product, pair up with the product owner or even developers can pair up with the product owner in case the product owner feels like i don't know alone sitting and opening the backlog to to figure out what i can it or what i can add even that they can do it
0: yes exactly so the product owners are accountable for uh, the backlog but uh, it, I think it really benefits to collaborate with the team in the larger sense, right? So, true, true. Uh,
1: Any Anything else?
0: Also, very essential. You look beyond user stories. I mean, hmm. The
1: hmm.
0: only thing you need to focus on, I feel, right? Hmm. Uh, so maybe discuss with the developers, pay attention to the non-functional qualities of the product. Uh, hmm. Maybe user interaction action, the interfaces, right, Mm -hmm. uh, represent everything in the backlog. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, that's also a good call out. Yeah, there is is a need for product owners to paying attention on what enters the backlog and what level of granularity it enters and how early do we factor all that information so it becomes like too, too much of a pile of information awaiting our attention in the long run. Yeah, that's also one thing. And, and having having several instances of a backlog also makes your product backlog um, clean up very difficult. Like what if you have a technology backlog? What if you have a backlog for improvements? What, what if you have a backlog for uh, operations? What if you have a backlog for incidents? Now, too many backlogs of this sort, right? Um, mm-hmm. is also going to be real tricky because we don't know how our, how our cleanup is, how our Um, environment for cleaning up is so I think everything should reside in a single product backlog so it becomes easy for them to order them stack rank it and remove the ones which is not so essential or or critical for success of the product all right Mm, I'm just checking are we done with this or do we need to figure out is there anything any other approach to be handled for cleaning up a product Ah. backlog
0: I I I think we've covered a lot. (laughs) Okay. Let let my friend hear this out and process. And if she has any feedback, then I'll get I I think I'll let you know.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant then. Okay. Let's then jump into the socials. Okay. All right. Um, thanks for listening to this episode and staying back. Um for any feedback related to all the episodes we have published, and this is, I think this is coming to 35th or 34th I'm not sure about the number okay um, we have to upload and see where it, mm-hmm. where, it, where it where it's where it's getting positioned so um feel free to share your feedback um comments criticism or anything that you feel like appreciating on what we're doing so far uh, even 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 a one-liner would add a great value and and motivate us to do better and uh, uh, the way to reach us is uh, check on the show notes for our linkedin profile and you can connect to us or you've already connected uh, connect with us connected with us through um, say whatsapp or you have a personal numbers or mail ids to reach feel free to do that or you can also drop us a note at at gmail.com. okay on that note let's call this episode to done until next time with another interesting question and uh, another discussion around that question Please do take care, stay calm and keep scrumming.